If you made $1.5 million next year, what would you spend that on? And I asked this question because my coach had asked me this about a week ago as we were making projections for the future. Now, I'm not going to go from what I'm currently making in this business to making $1.5 million next year, but you know, it's not impossible. It would just be really, really, really fucking hard. Now, the reason why he wanted me to do this is not because we're necessarily projecting when I make that much, but he wanted me to go through the exercise of like, what would I actually spend it on? And so what I ended up doing was I created an Excel spreadsheet and in there I had put the title or the, the name of the item. I had put the link so I could find the item and then put the amount for each item and did a grand totals list on the side as well as like a remaining amount underneath it. So I could see like quote unquote how much I spent and how much I had left over. And if you guys have the time, I would recommend you take a little bit of time, maybe like 15, 20 minutes and let your brain just wander. Because not only is it really exciting of like creating wonder and excitement around the things that you could possibly get at some point in time, if you do become a corporate quitter and exceed what is you know, what basically the salaries of what you would make in corporate, right? Let's all be honest, unless you're in the C-suite, you're maybe at max making 150K average per year. And that's not even the average in the US, right? The average salary here is about 50K. And that is like, basically, that's not poverty, but it's in the US, it's not enough to live on, right? It's It's a struggling salary. And so and I'm also saying that as someone who had had that salary at some point. And so the reason why I'm also bringing this up is because this past Friday, you know, we had Thanksgiving last week, but Black Friday, this past Friday, generated $9.8 billion in the U.S. from online sales. So, you know, it's up 7.5% a year ago, but think about that. $9.8 billion spent in the U.S. on shopping, even with us being kind of like, you know, I think a lot of us did like a Black Friday boycott because we were just not having it with these corporations having record profits and still like not giving us great deals, but also firing people. Like I actually have three quitters in this community who just reached out to me within the past 24 hours who had gotten laid off from their jobs and those jobs were having record profits. So it's kind of like, mm, what's going on here? But again, going back to that number, $9.8 billion in the U.S., If you go through that exercise of saying, if you had $1.5 million, what would you spend it on? You will realize very, very, very quickly that you can do a fuck ton of things. Like I put in there, I wanted to gift a good chunk of money to family. I wanted to buy a car outright. I want first class round trip tickets to Japan, plus this. and I mean, like I literally put everything down to like, oh, I want this sneaker that's $150 from A6 for when I run my half marathon in February. Like from the smallest, most inconsequential things to things that are massive and huge, put it in there and you will see very, very quickly that $1.5 million is a fuck ton of money. And not only is that like super, it's good to keep in mind, but also two things. Number one, it gives you a little bit of a break because for some weird reason here in America, there's this pressure that we need to make a million dollars, right? You haven't made it and you haven't been successful if you made a million dollars, which again, looking at that list, it's honestly ridiculous. And would I love to make a million dollars? Yes, of course. And do I see that in my future? Maybe a decade, maybe sooner? I don't know. Yes, I actually do. I think it's possible based on my capabilities, my skills, and the way that I'm building this business. I think it's totally possible. Presently, can't see it, but that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. But that being said, I think about that concept, again, $1.5 million per year. And there are people in this world who are making millions of dollars, again, C-suite people and just these corporations making millions and millions of dollars. And yes, they're paying for employees and overhead costs and things like that. But 
if I'm looking at this Excel spreadsheet that says $1.5 million, I can't even think of things to buy with it other than, okay, maybe big things like properties and whatnot. But I'm not even getting there. I don't even want that right now. If I were today to have that sort of money, like I could do so much good in the world. And I think about all these again these people who have this kind of money and they're not helping and that's honestly really really sad and again if you have the time I would encourage you to do it because it was really eye-opening for me and it also gave me a break of saying like you're actually doing really really good and like you don't need to make the million dollars you actually be really really happy making 200k even less I'd be fine making 150 I like so long as I don't have to show up to a nine-to-five job and be told what to do I'm pretty happy but that being said right we need money and we need to live on things and the U.S. is becoming increasingly expensive we have we have inflation like it's a, it's a nightmare but when you think about the black friday sales 9.8 billion and again the exercise of the 1.5 million dollars it really has you think for a second okay i am at least when i thought about it when i was in corporate and even now like i'm just a cog in a machine right i feel trapped by being this person who's working for the man who's contributing to these corporations that aren't doing anything in the world that's fulfilling right like okay granted I love my skincare and I buy those things and like I do this and I we have to buy shit right it's expected but there's also a level of greed and there's also a level of like consumption that we don't need and if we work at these companies you know we're almost like adding fuel to the fire while also killing ourselves in this soulless you know, soul-sucking type of environment. It's kind of like a, how should I say? It's like a double-edged sword because like, yes, it pays for my living expenses and things like that, but it's also killing me inside. And so I was actually reading through old journals, again, after having this realization of like, oh my God, corporations are making so much money. This is fucked, blah, blah, blah. Like the pay gap is becoming so ridiculous for people who are at the top 1% of this world and us, right? The average person. And I was looking through my journal and it's just so crazy how Three years ago, I was crying before and after my job. Right before In the morning, I, before I went to work, I would cry, put my makeup on, go about my day and come home and cry through my makeup and then like have a white claw. Literally, I was drinking at night to numb myself out, doom scroll and go to bed. That was like a routine thing that I did for a really long time because I didn't know how to get out of the corporate environment and because... Like, it's just, it's, you're just trapped. You feel trapped. And again, like, you know, I knew in my gut that I was contributing to a system that I didn't believe in anymore. And that I think was the hardest thing. I think it's one thing to deal with shitty bosses. It's one thing to deal with colleagues you don't like or to sell products that you don't believe in or, you know, whatever. But to be in an environment that you know is not doing good necessarily, right? There's nothing of purpose. You're not helping in any way societally, right? There's no fulfillment either kind of makes you feel like you're getting stabbed in the chest. Now, the while I'm on the, the subject of this, and again, I was looking at my journal. Again, three years is not a long time for me to be doing what I'm currently doing in comparison to what I was doing. But the thing is, don't believe the lie that you've got time. Because in that journal, I was 27 years old. And I was like, I just want to make something of myself by at the time I'm 30. And again, Three years isn't a long time, but the longer that you wait to start and try something and even dabble, like I'm not saying jump all in like I did because I'm crazy, but I'm saying dabble a little, like dip your toe in of like trying something new, the farther and longer it's going to take you to do something. And that's also because, right, they, the phrase can't teach old dogs new tricks. If you get so accustomed to the corporate lifestyle and it becomes really comfortable because you tolerate it just enough that it doesn't kill you, but you're slowly dying. So like one of the things I want you to do again, like I keep saying, try the $1.5 million exercise, see what happens. But the other thing too is to try reverse goal setting. So one of the things I recently discovered through Dan Coe, who if you don't know him, he's phenomenal. He's one of my favorite people to follow. He just, he's not a regurgitator of bullshit like everyone else. He's so in flow. He just gets shit. He's in his happy place. 
so he talks about reverse goal setting in the sense of we set goals of like, oh, I want to make this amount of money or I want to do this thing or I want to travel here or I want to get engaged or like find the person, whatever. But reverse goal setting is actually making goals for the opposite. So instead of saying, oh, I want to make this amount of money or, oh, I want to, let's say, again, okay, okay, example of like, oh, I want to pay off 10K of debt next year. Let's say you want to pay off $10,000 of your student loans. So, right, in, if you were doing regular goal setting, you would you would say, I want to pay off $10,000 of my student loans. And you'd put, you know, okay, maybe every quarter I'd pay off 3K or three point, whatever, whatever it is, right? Now, if you're doing reverse goal setting, what you're basically doing is taking that goal, okay, I want to pay off 10K, and you basically do the reversal of it and you say, okay, I'm not going to pay off the 10K next year. And instead, the goal setting is actually what would happen if you didn't pay that. So, right, that means you're doing the calculations of how much interest you would accrue. Then the next step is you would actually do the calculation of how much time you would have to work to not only pay for that in the future, but the interest that would be accrued because you didn't do the thing. This is the same thing with exercise too. So let's say you want to lose a couple pounds. Again, calculate that by the time spent and, you know, the energy and all that stuff that you don't harness right now and you wait. Again, like they always say, as you get older, it's harder to lose weight and time is not on your side. And so if you don't work on it now, it's going to get harder. So it's the same with everything. This is not just a, for the tangible things like actually losing the weight or again spending or saving the money or like, you know, paying off the debt. This is for like actually like your whole fucking life. So when you think about your business and things like that and just like the idea, right? Okay, I think a lot of you, I know from experience too, it's a really, really hard to carry the mental load of being in corporate, let alone handling the overwhelm you have of all the ideas, especially for those of you who are my neurodivergent people, right? You're multi-passionate. You're like a Jane of all trades, Jane or Jack of all trades, which I am. And it's almost overwhelming because you're so passionate about so many things. Now, I think in the corporate world, you're seen as a bad egg because of that. Like you're like, oh, you can't stick with one thing. You can't have just one career. And I think that's BS because you are, again, you're multi-passionate. You can do a lot of cool shit and that's amazing. And so you actually have a leg up when it comes to being outside the corporate world because if anything happened, you can pivot at any time. So let's say you're passionate about astrology, but you're also really passionate about I don't know, like crocheting. And you're also really passionate about like budgeting aggressively. And you're like all these things, you could make a business out of each of those individual things and put it as a personal brand of yourself. So for people who follow me on social or who've been on this journey with me for a while, yes, my brand is corporate quitter. But a lot of you know me as the girl who sold fee pics on the internet, who also like does press on nails and has weird art and who's also like done all these crazy things in, in the documentary world. Like there are so many things that I've done that encompass my personal brand that are completely unrelated to corporate quitter, but they complement it. So it's the same thing with you and all your different special skills and passions. Now, the, the thing is, you just got to bundle it up and also make a decision. So the trick here is, yes, I'm, I understand you're overwhelmed. I get it. I was there three years ago. It's honestly, it is suffocating at times because the thing is, like I, as someone who is super indecisive, I thought that being like not making a decision was actually helpful than making a decision and making a mistake, but it's actually the worst thing you could possibly do. So the longer you are trapped by your own indecisiveness, the longer it's going to take for you to get to where you need to get to. And the unfinished projects and the empty feeling that you get in the pit of, pit of your stomach because you do nothing is worse off than doing something and fucking it up. And take it from me who's done quite a lot of unfinished projects and has royally fucked up so many times. I have made more progress by fucking up than by not doing anything. So 
I am actually in the process of working out something that's for, it's a free resource. It is something that's focused on unscrambling your brain in three simple steps, basically dumping out all your ideas, going through them and having a specific way of figuring out what you want to do. And then within that context, which version of that you can make money the fastest and the easiest and quite honestly, in the most aligned way, right? We don't want to do things, at least at the people in this community, I don't think want to do things that, again, bring that back to that soul-sucking, depleted, dissatisfied place. And if you go from the perspective of like, oh, I only want to make money, you're going to land exactly where you were, but with more stress. Because in corporate, that's what you're doing too. It's like, oh, I just want to make the money. No, no, no. We need to go with what makes us excited because the excitement is what's going to give us longevity. And that's what we're going for here. So anyway, I'm going to leave this episode of that. Starting next week, we're going to start bringing back interviews. I now have the capacity in the mental space and the mental load to be able to talk to different people, start those conversations, doing the editing. We're kicking up a lot of things again. It's a really, really exciting and fruitful time. And again, just a reminder, our Quitter Beta program is starting soon. Tomorrow is the last day that you can lock in your spot and you'll get an extra one-on-one session with me during the program. If the program is not for you and you prefer something one-on-one or you don't have time constraints, you don't want to do something for 12 weeks, totally fine. DM me and we could put together something that's perfect for you, your time, and your budget. Anyway, have a great rest of your week, guys, and I will talk to you soon.